cannot believe it. It's already Christmas Eve again. Um, I said the older I get, the faster every year they come, right? Just like a roll of toilet paper. Closer to the end, the faster it goes, right? That's the way it happens. You guys know about that. I know about it as well. Uh, but this year, I was uh, telling Miss Jill earlier, I was truly excited that I do not have one single present to assemble tonight. All right, so I am on gravy train. I do not have to put one single present together. I've been on a, a run the last several years to put these uh, presents together. So tonight, I'm relaxing um, as well. But when we come to Christmas Eve, we think about the Christmas story. One thing is certain about human nature is the more you experience something or the more you're exposed to something, the more that you, uh, the more you just become used to it or the less impact it has on you. And so uh, as, I, as I think about this, I thought about all us married folks who've been married for quite a while. You realize that, you know, the first time that you heard your spouse tell you that they love you, you know, it just kind of, it kind of, you got all the feels, right? You know, you're like, oh my gosh, they said I love you. I can remember Aaron falling down crying and saying, I just can't believe it. <laughs> she really didn't do that. But anyways... <laughs> The years after years go by, the more you say it, the less impact it seems to have in our lives. Thrill seekers know about this. The first time you go on a roller coaster, I can remember the first time I went to Space Mountain. Several times after that, it got a little less exciting, a little less exciting. Um, the first time you go over 100 miles an hour, not that I've ever done that, but anyways, you go over 100 miles an hour in a car, or you uh, burn out or do a, do a donut, you know, you just really uh, hypes you up, it gets you, it gets you going, and then after you do it time and time again, you got to go faster, you got to do more, and it's less and less uh, thrilling to you. All you travelers know what I'm talking about. The first time you get out and see the Grand Canyon, you, it takes your breath away. You can't believe it. The more times you see it, the less impact it has. The Smoky Mountains, uh, go up there and see a bear for the first time, or you see um, just the beauty of that. Um, and it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, the first time you go on a cruise, I've been told about a cruise. I've never been on a cruise personally. I have been really thinking about lately because someone described it as a floating golden corral. It's open for 24 hours. So it's kind of piqued my interest a little bit lately, but uh, I do get seasick really, really easy. So I think that might be a dangerous situation out there. But, um, you know, as well as the more you go on, the less thrill. Some of you hunters and rednecks and fishermen know what I'm talking about, right? When the buck steps out for the first time, you're like, that's a buck. And you are, get buck fever and you start to shake. Or as a fisher, when you see fisherman, you see that swirl and the lure goes down. You get so excited to catch that fish. You might be able to put it on the wall. It might be the lunker that you've always been looking for. And you get an excitement to it. Well, as we do that physically and in experiences in life, the same is true spiritually. Um, spiritually, as we are exposed to things, as we hear things, and specifically tonight as we talk about the message of Christmas, we, we kind of lose our wonder of the story. We kind of lose that thrill of hope. We kind of lose that, that understanding of what God really has done in Jesus Christ for us. And we forget how life-changing it is, how breathtaking it is, how, how radically different it has changed our life and consumed our life about Jesus Christ. And after a few years and after a few decades and after um, we've heard it over and over, the thrill of the story begins to fade. And our hearts are not as moved. We, we, we cherish other things more and we don't have that thrill of hope or that worship or praise to God like we should. 
And I hope today that changes. I hope by the time we leave tonight that we will have a thrill of hope in our heart. That as we have worked through this series, The Thrill of Hope, over the last several weeks, it's been our goal to hear the message of Christmas and spark thrill in our hearts and our souls. No matter how familiar we are, that we must be filled with hope and joy as we hear this story. And we looked at several stories around the Christmas story and experienced uh, how they've experienced a thrill of hope in this. We've defined hope as a confident expectation that God is going to do something supernatural in your life for His glory. Now, when you think about that, if you think about hope, the confident expectation that God is going to do something supernatural in your life for His glory. And we looked at several examples of that. One was Zachariah and Elizabeth. The Bible says they were well advanced in years. We might say they were old, old lady and old man, right? They were obviously an older couple. They had a dream of having a child, a dream of having a family that would serve God, but that dream had all but died. They were well advanced beyond childbearing age, and they had no hope uh, physically, no hope for them to be able to have a child. But Zechariah one day was in the temple. He was worshiping God. He was uh, performing his duties as a, as a priest. And all of a sudden, the angel Gabriel appeared to him. And Gabriel told him they were going to have a child. And God was going to bless him with that child. And he was going to be John the Baptist. What a thrill of hope that they had as older people. Then we looked at the earthly account of the mother of Jesus, Mary. She was a young girl, had a future ahead of her, had a life planned out, had a spouse that was to be, and her future was secure, but God intervened, and an angel came to her and shook her life up and changed her life that she was going to bear the Savior, she was going to bear the child of God, and you see how the story, uh, how it flooded her heart, and she had a thrill of hope that God did something in her heart, that in her life that was supernatural. Last week, we looked at the wise men, how they had lived their life and did, uh, did not have anything to do with God and lived far away from the things of God. But one day, God spoke to their heart and said, go find this Jesus. And they left what they were doing to go find Jesus. And when they found him, their hearts were flooded with thr- the thrill of hope and peace. And they met Jesus and changed their complete life. And tonight, or today, we're going to talk about one more group of people in the Christmas story, and that is the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, I want to read the account of it, then we're going to go back and talk about it a little bit. If you have a Bible, you can look at it. If not, you can mark it down and go home, and you can look at it either tonight or tomorrow as you think about the thrill of hope. It says, now there were in the same country, in verse 8, Shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the, in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was uh, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and let us see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known, made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the same which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had, seen, that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. So as we begin talking about this story and the account of the shepherds, first thing I want to look at is the shepherds. And when we think about shepherds, shepherds were a strange group of people. They were a peculiar people. They were people that you would have thought would never have been included in a story of a king of a kingdom coming to this earth to be announced to the shepherds. They would have been the last people invited if they were invited at all. Shepherds were just common people. They were common folks. They were folks with no pedigree, and neither did their dogs, by the way. That was a reference to a country song, if you know what country song I'm talking about. But you may as well say, what's so thrilling about the shepherds? Well, because it reveals the love of God for all people. Now think about this. It reveals the hope of Christmas because Jesus Christ was a gift to all people. It wasn't just for the high society. It, just, it wasn't just for the religious people. It wasn't just for uh, the people who deserved it or had earned it. No, this was for every class of people, even all the way to the very least of those in our society or those who would be called rejects or outcasts, those who would have made some mistakes, those who would have known they had failed in life at something, wherever it may be. And yet the love of God is proclaimed through the shepherds to the shepherds. And as we look to the shepherds and we look to our own life, it gives us hope because as one preacher has said, the love of God is from the guttermost to the uttermost. And if you think about it, it's so true. It's so true because wherever you are in life and whatever you've done in life, you've never been too far away from God's love. You can't do enough to get away from God's love. And the shepherds, as you know, as they had a hard job. They would have had calluses on their hand. They would have lived in the fields. They had no home. They had no wealth. They had no uh, great family standing. They were outside of social circles and religious circles. They were not included in a lot of things. You know, maybe that's the way you feel like today. Maybe you feel like you've had a hard life. Maybe you feel like uh, you don't have the things that everyone else has had in life. Maybe you feel like you're not part of that high society or people look down on you or people don't include you on good things. But I got good news for you. I got good news for myself because even to the lowest of the low, God loves all people, even to the shepherds. And these shepherds were in the field their whole life and they had never heard from God. And I'm sure many nights they looked up to God like, God, is there, is there even a God? God, do you care about me and my family? God, I'm a nobody. I know I'm a nobody, but do you love me? Is my life useless? Do I have no significance? Oh, but God comes and he says to the shepherds, I want you to know about my son, Jesus Christ, who goes from the guttermost to the uttermost. He loves you and God loves you and he loves me. And then if you think about it in a moment, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, it says, behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. Think about that. 
all of a sudden they were in the natural and one moment they were consumed by the presence of the supernatural. The glory of God was upon them and you never give up hope on God because in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you could be in the very presence of God. God can show up in any time, anywhere. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Do not be afraid. If he was from the south, they could have said, hey, you better check your britches, son, because something just happened. You got shocked. All right. And literally, they were shocked. They had never come into contact before. No one had ever, uh, God had never spoke to them before. Matter of fact, at this point in time, there was 400 years before God even spoke to the people of God at all. And all of a sudden, here come God in the presence, and they were shocked. They were fearful. They didn't know what to think. Had, has God caught up with me? Is God going to judge me? Am I going to die? Am I going to be punished? Will I be outcast? No. Listen to the message. For I bring to you good tidings and great joy, which will be to all people. Man, praise God. He's a good God. Amen. I mean, when we come to the message of Christmas, first and foremost, above all other things, we realize God is a good God. Because God could have come and judged and God could have come and cast us out and God could have come and took it, taken his presence away from us. But no, God is a good God. And the message of Christmas is grace and mercy and the presence of God. That's good news. That's good news for people who don't deserve it. And guess what? In case you feel like you're too spiritual tonight, you don't deserve it either. Okay, <laughs> you, no one deserves it. We are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And no one deserves the presence and the salvation of God. But guess what? The good news is it's to all people. It's to all people from the least to the highest. And the message to the shepherds and the message for the kings and everywhere and everyone in between is the same. God loves you and Jesus can save you. Man, what a message. I mean, when we get to Christmas, we ought to have a thrill in our heart because he cares for us even when we're the lowest of the low. Even when we feel like we can't be loved by anyone. Guess what? God loves you. God loves you. And that's why you ought to get excited for Christmas to know that when we were unlovable, when everyone else has counted us out, guess what? God never counts us out. God never puts us aside. God never shuns us away to all people. I bring good tidings and great joy. Uh, verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. You say, where is the hope? Where is the redemption of this God? Where is the redemption of God? What does all this rest on? A babe lying in a manger. Isn't that amazing? And when we think about the story, as we come to Christmas, here is a babe lying in a manger that's going to take away the sins of the world. Here's a babe lying in a manger that's going to rule the kingdoms of the earth and the kingdoms of heaven. Here's a babe lying in a manger that's going to rule my heart, my life. Yeah, but guess what? That little baby in a manger wasn't just an ordinary baby. No, he was Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. Hope and joy that we have are wrapped up in Jesus. And more than anything else we need to know and hear is that all hope and all joy is found in Jesus Christ. That there is no other hope outside of that. There is no other joy outside of that. Christ is the anointed one. 
John put it in the gospel of John. He is the only begotten son of God. Think about that. This babe in a manger is the very son of God. And far beyond, far before we see him in the manger, he ruled and reigned in eternity. And guess what? Far beyond the manger, he rules and reigns in eternity. He is Christ the Lord. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no option in the story. There's no other way in the story. There's no other plan B or plan C. All of God's redemption is rested on Jesus Christ, and He is more than able. He is more than able. When we come to the message of Christmas, don't discount the babe in a manger because that babe in the manger is the King of the universe. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Christ the Lord. And suddenly... There was an angel, with the angel was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Now think about this. Here, just for a moment, God pulled back the curtains of heaven. And here was the angel, and it says, a multitude of heavenly hosts. A multitude means thousands upon thousands. Think about the shepherds. Think about the shepherds as they look towards God and all of a sudden, not just an angel, but a multitude of heavenly hosts shouting and singing before the throne of God. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Man, what a scene of worship. Now we talked about, or we participated in a little bit of worship, and we lifted our voices to God, and we lifted our hearts to God. But let me tell you, this worship experience was like none other. Think about this, that, that God parted the, the eternal skies for the, uh, for, for the shepherds to see the angel and the multitudes of heavenly hosts praising God at the top level of their lungs. And why is it that we can't even squeak out an amen or a thank you, Jesus, or praise the Lord? Think about that. And we ought to have a thrill in our heart that we know the, even the angels quake and the heavens shake and the, and the heavenly host proclaim that Jesus Christ is glory to God in the highest. He is the Savior, the Lord. And I hope this Christmas, before you leave this place, you'll be able to lift a true heart of praise to the Lord and just say, Jesus is Lord. Praise God. He is Lord. And look at verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven and the shepherds had said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which come to pass the Lord at which the Lord has made known to us. The shepherds had a thrill of hope and now they had to decide to walk by faith. And when you come to the message of Christmas, you have two choices. You can leave it where it's at, or you can take it and live by faith by it. And these shepherds were saying, we heard the story. Now we're going to believe by faith, and we're going to go see this child. We're going to take the step to, to go see this faith. We're going to have trust in God. And in a few moments, when you hear the message of Christ, and you may hear it for the first time, or it might have been a hundred times, but you have a choice to make every time you hear it. Are you going to place your faith? Are you going to trust in what God says? Or are you not going to trust in God? I'm afraid for us as Christians and for us who have heard the story so many times, we miss the glory of Christmas by 18 inches. That's the distance between your head and your heart. I think in our head, we know the story. We can quote the story. We can talk about the story. But many times it's where in our heart where we miss the mark. 
It's in our heart where we don't walk by faith. It's in our heart when we don't take God by His Word. It's in our heart that we don't make a choice to serve God and to walk by faith and trust the Lord. Not the shepherds. The shepherds knew they had to use their, all the chances they've had in life. The shepherds knew that no one had ever come in contact with them like God had. And they were going to take their chance and they were going to step out by faith. And it says they, in verse 16, they, made, they came with haste. They, they went in a hurry. I might think they went before God changed his mind, right? Maybe if God knew who I really was, that he really wouldn't, he really wouldn't love me like this. But they went with haste and they found Mary. They found Joseph. They found the babe in a manger. And it says, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the same which was uh, told them concerning the child. Think about it. When they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, they found out that God is true to what he says. And let me tell you, I've been a Christian for many years, and I can tell you, standing here today, God is a faithful God. God is a God who is faithful. God always does what He says, and you can trust in God. You can place your faith in Him. He will not let you down. When you discover God, and you find out who He really is, and you understand who He really is, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. And they, they found that the Mary, they found Joseph, and they found Jesus. And when they seen Him, they made everyone known. They went to tell everyone because their life was radically changed. They heard the message. They received the message and Jesus changed their lives. When you come to Christmas, Jesus can change your life. And when they left from there, and all those who heard it in verse 18 marveled at those which were told by them and the shepherds, because I'm sure they said these were uneducated men. These were men who don't know what they're talking about. These are men who should not even uh, mention these things of God, but yet they marveled because of who they were. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered. Then the shepherd returned, shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and, and heard and was told to them. They all marveled. One thing I don't want you to miss here is the scripture says they, the shepherds returned. Don't miss this. The shepherds were still shepherds after meeting Jesus. But their life was radically changed. They went back to their life. They went back to, they went back to the things of their life that they had. Listen, the message of hope this Christmas is not that God's, gonna, uh, God's going to deliver you out of all your problems and situations. He's not going to deliver you out of all of them. He's not going to pull you out, but he says that's not the promise. He says that he will, he will bring his presence to all your situations and problems. That, that it is not God taking you out of a marriage. It's not God taking you out of your problems. It's not God taking you out of a health crisis. It's God adding himself and his presence into the situation. That now you have a marriage, but God is present in your marriage. Now you have a job, but God is present in your job. Now you have uh, dealing with your children. Now you have God present with you dealing with your children. You have that still small dwindling bank account. But guess what? God will be with you in that small dwindling bank account. All right. He, he says that he will be with you. And the shepherds returned as the hope that they had. Not that God was going to deliver from all their troubles and trials, but that the presence of God would be with them. And listen, you're going to hear a lot of people tell you, if you come to God, you're never going to have trials. You're never going to have tribulations. And I would even say, some are going to church on Christmas Eve this year that will walk into a place and walk out and say, just because I've trusted in God that all my trials and troubles are gone. Let me tell you, that's not true. The promise is not that you'll never have troubles or trials because the people who love Jesus get sick. 
People who love Jesus have marriage problems. People who love Jesus have troubles in their finances. People who love Jesus have trouble with life. And the trials of life will be constant. But the, the promise that we have is not the absence of troubles and trials, but it is the hope that we have the presence of God in our life. That's what makes a difference. We have his presence that will walk with us. He will be with us. One of my favorite names of Jesus. We, we, we did in the song mention his name, Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel as the name of Jesus is translated God with us. That means that for us as Christians, when we come to Jesus Christ, He is with us. And the Bible says He will never leave us nor forsake us. And when God comes to be with us, He never leaves us alone. And in our marriage, we can have hope because Jesus is with us. And in our life as a sinner to have forgiveness, we know we can have that because God is with us. And Jesus can take our unforgiving heart and turn it into a forgiving heart. Jesus can take a zero and make him a hero because Christ, only Christ can do that. And it's not who we are, it's who Christ is. And it's not based on what we've done because we've failed. But yet the hope of Christmas is what Christ has done. And for us, we ought to celebrate. For us, we ought to sing to the top of our lungs, hallelujah. We ought to share and praise, and we ought to go from wherever we are to celebrate, to worship the King of kings and the name of Jesus and all his names. Listen, do you have hope? Do you believe, just as God changed these shepherds, that he can change your lives too? Do you feel left out? Do you feel discouraged? Do you feel insignificant? Do you feel like God is a million miles away? Let me tell you, these shepherds, when they woke up that morning, they had never experienced the presence of God in their life before. But by the end of that day, guess what? They experienced the presence of God that changed their life forever. Think about that. Changed their life forever. When you walked in here, you may have never dreamed that you would have the opportunity to walk out of this place with the hope of God in your life. But that's exactly what the shepherds teach us. Your life may be crushed, your dreams may be gone, your life may be shattered, and you might have blown, you might have messed up your third chance, your fifth chance, your 20th chance. How many chances you get? Let me tell you, Jesus can change all that in a moment. When we come to Jesus Christ and we come to the message of Christmas, that we can see that the hope that we have is not in ourselves. It's not in this world. It's not in Democrats or Republicans. The hope that we have and celebrate and praise and worship this Christmas Eve is the hope we find in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, when you find that, you're not going to want anything else. You're not going to want anything else because we have hope in Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, from the guttermost to the uttermost, tonight you can have the very presence of God in your life just like these shepherds did. And I hope that brings a thrill of hope to your heart this Christmas. Let's pray together.